welcome back to Books and Broomsticks. I'm Chaotic Witchant. And I'm Matt Hatter Plays. And today we have a very special guest with us, a hearth, hearth? Yeah. Hearth Hearth. witch, (laughs) hearth witch, also known as Holda. Yes. Hi, welcome. Hi, how are y'all? I'm good. Can you tell us a little (laughs) bit about yourself? Yeah, so I have been practicing since about like 2015. And like many people, I started off into this very weird kind of ambiguous craft that really kind of left me scrambling. And then as I dug into my ancestry more, I started getting really interested in building up an ancestral practice. And that then led me to German folk magic. So I am a, I technically classify myself as a German American. So I was born and raised in America, but I also was raised for a period of my life in Germany. So it's kind of created this ambiguous upbringing for me. Um, I feel like I have, you know, both hands in in the pots, if that makes sense. And so um, I feel like I connect both with American culture and German culture and I try to bring that into my craft and try to kind of help people along the way to know that they can do that too and that they can bring their ancestry into their craft in a in a healthy way definitely a healthy way I love that yeah that's we are very excited we're trying to do a bunch of different regional episodes on folk magic you are the next one yeah um so the question for I have for you first question is it Germanic folk magic or German folk magic? That's a really good question. Okay, so they're very different. Okay, so when we talk about Germanic, there are actually a lot of different countries that are classified as Germanic folk, or well, not Germanic folk magic, but just Germanic period. So um, any, and various historians will give you different answers on this, but you know, it's basically any region or now country that was previously occupied by Germanic tribes or the Teutons, you know, however you want to say that. So that would include technically Scandinavia, obviously modern Germany, um, parts of Poland, the Netherlands. So there's a lot of countries that fall into the classification of Germanic, but that is an entirely different aspect than German because German as a Germany as a country technically is a pretty new country. Um, it was, I think the borders were finalized somewhere in the 1940s. I, for whatever reason, always forget the exact number. Um, after World War II and, you know, Prussia kind of disassembled, there was World War II. And after World War II, the borders were reestablished. So Germany is a very, very different thing than Germanic. So is Germany Germanic though? Technically but not all of it. That's the fun misconception with German folk magic is I think that everybody, and this is very clearly a pet peeve of mine, everybody associates us with like the Vikings. It's like very, very, like a minuscule part of Germany even touches the ocean. So I don't even know what you're talking about. So like the Vikings, that was very much a Scandinavian thing, but South Germany had a very intense Celtic influence. And then the North, east side of Germany had a very intense Slavic influence. So Germany as a whole is this kind of big conglomerate of a lot of different backgrounds. So it's even though you'd think that the word Germanic implies that, oh yeah, Germany was entirely Germanic, it really wasn't. Kind of like Italy. Italy had influence from Greece, the Latins, the different uh, indigenous tribes. 
mm. uh, Turkish, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Roman. Roman technically wasn't like a people; it was an empire. Right. right. Um, so, and then from the north, we had an entire region of Celtic influence. Yes. Um, yes. It's like a lot of countries have that and that ingrains mm-hmm. a certain level of not syncretization mm-hmm. but influence into their folk magic right do you say that that's present in german folk magic oh definitely definitely like germany so german folk magic is influenced by so many different things and absolutely region impacts it so you know like the south side of germany so if you go way back in history and you look into the um ancient civilizations you find the Latin and you'd find the Hallstatt culture and so that was kind of centered along the Alps and so you know you've had parts of France northern Italy um, Austria obviously Switzerland and Germany all share very similar ancient roots and so by that nature German folk magic in the south will be kind of similar to some aspects of like northern Italian folk magic and Austrian folk magic and whatnot um, because of that core influence and that ancient culture that still permeates the more modern societies. And then in North Germany, you had, I'm sure I'm pronouncing, mispronouncing this, the Jostdorf culture. Um, I read it, but I never you know, hear it pronounced. But the Jostdorf culture was kind of in, some people say that was the origination of the quote, Germanic culture. So North Germany, the folk magic that's present there is very, very different than South Germany. And that's just the ancient influence because there's also the more modern influences like the Catholic Protestant Reformation. So like South Germany is incredibly Catholic versus North Germany is well, like the North, the Northwest is Lutheran. And then the Northeast is like, it's, it's literally like almost always labeled as not religious. Like if you, whenever they do the polls, it's really, it's kind of, it's kind of crazy because it's On like my a way. large area. That's my place. Blank. No it's religion. Just, it's just like anarchy. <laughs> yeah, no, literally. It's like, okay, guys, gee whiz. So it's like you have the South is just intensely Catholic. There's, you know, I wouldn't say intensely Protestant up in the Northwest, um, but it's definitely there. The Northeast is just nothing. There's a lot of, a lot of historical impacts in how it affects the branch of German folk magic, if that makes sense. Yeah, um, and I find it really interesting because we talk about like uh, immigration into the Americas, right? Mm-hmm. So we talk a lot about how all of these different kind of cultures. So you're talking about a really mixed bag um, oh, yeah. influencing Germany, and then yeah. that mixed bag comes yes. into a literal new melting pot yes. here in yes. the Americas. Uh, melting yes. pot is very highly quoted. Yes, it's more of a yeah. regardless. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. What ends up happening when you look at like an American German folk practice, mm. like it, that starts looking like, yeah, well, and okay, so it, so uh, it's it's so weird. I feel like when you think of folk practices, you think of this highly like borderline Catholic practice, at least because just speaking very very generally, when people think of folk magic, I do think that they generally think of like Italian folk magic, if that makes sense. I feel like that's probably the most common one. And in my mind, you know, I'm not Italian, but I feel like Italy is so, you know, so associated with Catholicism. And so by default, we've kind of associated folk magic with Catholicism. But frankly, in German folk magic, like in the continental version, it can be very pagan adjacent, um, especially North German, because it didn't have that Catholic sphere of influence. 
But then when you get into German-American folk practices, it does become more deeply Christian because the people who immigrated from Germany to the, um, to the American you know, colonies, whenever the time frame it was, um, particularly Pennsylvania, they were like the Anabaptists and they were the, um, the Amish. And so they were also like Lutherans, but there was this massive wave of these sects of people that came to Pennsylvania and other regions too. I mean, the Dakotas, um, places in the Midwest, there's a lot of like these little German cliques throughout the US. And so each of them looks very different because of the various influences. And it's just like you said, it's like, you've got this mixed bag immigrating and then it becomes even more mixed. And so German American practices like Brachrei, frankly, end up looking pretty different than continental German magic. Not, not always, there's definitely similarities, but definitely not the same. Definitely not the same. The reason I bring it up is because like, it's really, we're finding that it's really challenging when somebody says, I am a blank practitioner, because mm -hmm. we end up looking at that same kind of folk tradition uh, mm -hmm. through all these different lenses because of the great big able ability to move around and become influenced by everybody. Right. Um, it almost makes these practices, no matter how old traditional you try to get, Mm -hmm. they just look so drastically different yes um so right. where does that like for you how does it make how does that make uh coming to your practice right easier better harder like what what is yeah. that how does that look for you it can be very difficult and I think that like for me you know mentioning the fact that you know I tried to build a practice that that allows me to connect with ancestors in a healthy way, in a way that I can kind of bring in the traditions perhaps that they practiced. And the fact that I have ancestry both very intensely in Lower Saxony, which is the north part of Germany, but also in Southwest Germany, that can be very challenging because those are entirely different. And so I think that this sort of thing, you know, for the individual, I, I really think it's just gonna depend on the person and what they connect with the most um, because I know some people don't want to incorporate ancestry. And so frankly, they may just look at a region and say, hey, that's really cool. I want to practice the more Alemannic side of German, you know, German practices, which would be South Germany. Um, so when it comes to this, it just becomes, it, it gets so complicated. And I've molded this question over in my head myself multiple times, and I never really came up with a good solid answer other than just I think it really just depends on the person and what they connect with the most. And I think kind of part of that's sort of the point. But at the same time, it does make it more difficult when you want to establish community, which I think is a very crucial element of this whole thing. Well, it's very hard to have folk magic mm, without the exactly, folk part. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yes, and that's, that's why I get so frustrated with you know, various people um, in Europe when they get upset at Americans who are trying to reconnect to practices as a way to dismantle their whiteness because they don't fully understand that whiteness in America is not the same as being able to say, oh, I live in, you know, Germany. I identify with German culture. I have these cultural activities and I participate in them as a European German citizen. But, you know, they get very upset when they think about people who live in America identifying as German-American or frankly any type of European branch you know they get upset with that but it's like people need to dismantle their whiteness find a healthy practice that incorporates ancestry if they want to again they don't they don't have to it's just a personal thing but 
How can they do that if you have the folk that they're trying to reconnect to not wanting to identify them as their kinfolk, if that makes mm-hmm. sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very frustrating on this side of things. Um, to add on or just to add another question, do you think that there are any particular beliefs or structures that are essential to German folk magic in terms of like animism, belief in oh, a yeah. certain god, any sort of syncretic yes. Catholicism? Yes. Yes, definitely. Um, And this is a thing. So one thing I want to definitely make known in the conversations about German folk magic, and I feel like we've touched on this, but I do want to make it explicit, is that there's no, I don't feel like there's one homogenous, you know, definition for what German folk magic is. It's going to vary so much, both at the individual level, the region, all of it. Um, So, I mean... With that in mind, I would say that there are some like core concepts, core structures. Um, I think, I really do think that German folk magic has a lot of pagan foundations that I know that a lot of more, um, you know, Christian practitioners, German Christian practitioners would disagree with. But I do think that there is strong historical evidence that the um, German pagans strongly valued their matriarchs. I know that, and that's incredibly, I feel like counter to what a lot of people think is Germanic or German, because again, we associate them with like the berserker bro Viking dudes. But it's like, when you look at the hardcore evidence, you have all of these, all this evidence of matriarchy cults and matriarchy veneration and this cohesive family unit. I mean, there's literally a holiday um, for the Anglo-Saxons that I don't think it's still practiced in North Germany, but um, it would potentially have, you know, kind of assimilated up there, called Modernik, which meant Mother's Day or Mother's Night. And it was literally uh, the 24th of December, so it was Christmas Eve. Um, I do think that, you know, matriarch, I don't want to say like worshiping women. I'd like to say that. That would be cool. But like... Basically, but I mean, like, you know, like a healthy, it's matrilineal, it's right. Like, I'm, I don't mean this to be like, fuck dudes, I hate dudes. No, fuck dudes, fuck men, all of them. I mean, like, yeah, a a good portion of them, yeah, no, fuck, I, a very good portion of them. No, no, I've, I've been on here repeatedly, like, kill all men, absolutely. I'm on board, save me for last. I want to make sure they're, they go first. Uh, situation but no no, I understand what you're saying and definitely uh, just like like a healthy family structure you know what I mean and ancestor veneration period ancestor veneration I think there's so much evidence for that in all these regions of Germany and I find that when I'm talking to other German practitioners regardless of the subset of German folk magic that they practice it seems like they are so you know, like so linked to their ancestral history and wanting to honor their family in a healthy way. Um, of course, not everybody does that. I think that that is something that people come to maybe in their journey. You know, I'm thinking specifically here of like the berserker bros who think that they're, you know, honoring their family and really it's not even close. But I do think that that is probably the one cohesive link to all the different practices would be would be that family ancestor veneration and how important that was for the cultures that came before the german folk magic part of it if that makes mm-hmm. sense 
I mean, it totally it does make a lot of sense because the more we look at um, folk practices, because you were talking about Mother's Night, and that goes mm-hmm. all throughout Europe for like yeah. a really long time into the yeah. Edwardian period. Yeah. Um, and you see these really important foundational skills within folk practices of matrilineal mm-hmm. uh, ancestor venerations. Basically, mm-hmm. mom's always important, and all of mom's family is the most important aspect. Yeah, yeah. Generally yeah. speaking, it's that's right. the immediate family. Well, I mean, that goes back to, I mean, the Neolithic times. I mean, what, what is it? It's like, oh, Lord, I'm sure that this is disagreed upon, but, like, people, societies didn't become patriarchal until, I mean gosh, I can't remember the exact year, but probably like a little bit before Rome came in and colonized things. I think so when, when at least the Germanic tribe, sorry, Frankie. <laughs> <laughs> Don't apologize. Firstly, I am not a Roman pagan. I'm an Italian folk practitioner. You're right. Secondly, You're right. yeah. Rome was a piece of shit. We know this. Rome colonized a lot. I know. Um, yeah, and I'm not gonna sit here and be like, Rome was I know. great. Like Rome was kind of shit. They, they colonized a lot of Italy. Um, they Good. colonized a lot of Greece. They colonized mm-hmm. a lot of Italic tribes that mm-hmm. I am descended from. So yep. although I worship a quote unquote Roman goddess, right. she's older than Rome. Which is funny because, because our I, goddesses are linked. I do want to talk about Wait, that, what? Start yeah. right now. What do you want? Right, I have now. great news. Okay. I wanted to share the great news first. Okay. Rome yes, fell, no, guys. <laughs> Rome fell apart. It's fine. It did. <laughs> they lost. Okay, so like, I did just think of something that I wanted to add to like the whole like kind of like this foundational stuff that links these various practices. I forgot to mention animism. I think that animism is incredibly important when you talk about German folk magic because it comes with this intense respect of nature. Mm-hmm. And the Germanic tribes are classically known for basically worshiping trees, according to the Roman accounts. Um, nice. Like they literally didn't have temples. So many of these tribes, they literally had groves of trees that they worshiped in. And that, I mean, there is a goddess who has gone by many different names and that will be like the segue into the diana conversation but there is a goddess who has existed in various forms throughout germany um she's gone by the names nurthus um jord um did you say nurthus nurthus i did huh yeah so um oh lord sith technically sort of maybe sith I'm, 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 I'm iffy on that one, but you, and you have these like mother earth type goddesses and they've all likely stemmed from this original Neolithic goddess that I, my UPG, I haven't officially, I don't think I'll ever officially confirm it because we don't have a lot of concrete Neolithic evidence. Right. Mm -hmm. But my UPG is that this all stemmed from a goddess that was potentially worshiped in the Hallstatt and or the Jostorf or a little bit of both even predating them um, as far back as the Neolithic but point being is that there is this mother goddess who is very much intrinsically linked to the earth and the afterlife Mm -hmm. and she has played different roles and gone by different names throughout Germany and I think this mother earth concept really links the two core concepts of animism particularly the relationship with nature Mm -hmm. and the relationship with our matriarchal figures and honoring our ancestry in a healthy way Mm -hmm. it kind of connects it for me so segue to diana question mark yes 
How does, so, how does that link? I'm curious. Diane, okay, so remember we were kind of talking about how um, North Italian folk magic mm-hmm. and history is very similar to Austria and Switzerland and um, South Germany yep. because they all are connected to the Alp mountain range. Mm-hmm. And so the Alps have often been connected in um, history. I have a note here, let me pull it up because whenever they started the witch trials there was a specific focus on these practices in the alps and i believe that it involved diana and i believe that it involved the germanic goddess frau bacta who is also known as frau pacta um the b and the p sometimes are the same so it's b-e-r-c-h-t-a um yeah so 1430s was the invention of satanic witchcraft when they were trying to get like they were trying to burn all the witches. They were trying to get it popular. And the Roman Catholics were like, I don't know. I don't think it's that big of a deal. So then these writers in the 1430s were like starting to describe these assemblies of witches. Mm-hmm. And then they were specifically focused on an area in the Alps. And so eventually these writers got successful. Their movement got big. Joan of Arc, you know, she got killed. Um, <laughs> all these sort of things just led one to the other. But I think that I know I was reading this and I was like, oh, hell, that there she is. There's Diana. It's this Alpine structure that existed. Mm-hmm. So like oftentimes in old texts, I can't remember. I was for whatever reason, I get these texts confused, but there's the document called the Hammer of the Witches. And that was um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that was um, what was used basically as like the here's how to find a witch and here's mm-hmm. how to kill her. Oh. So, so really funny note about the hammer of witches yeah. it wasn't super popular when it first came no, out because wasn't. nobody knew how to read <laughs> no i know well and that's the other thing that you can thank germany for we had the gutenberg printing press which suddenly made all these documents available mm-hmm. and it was at the exact same time that the witch trials was trying to get steam and then when they pra- they printed out a fuck ton of these hammer of the witches and then eventually people you know, figured out how to read and shit. And then it got pretty popular. So um, initially so, what had happened with the ahead. Hammer of Witches is that uh-huh. there was this particular like way of investigating mm-hmm. seeing witches yes. and handling them. But yes. what ended up happening was people couldn't read necessarily, but what would right. happen is people got told what was yes. in the Hammer of Witches. Yes. And it got really convoluted really, really Telephone quickly. Game. Yeah. yeah, and so everybody was a witch. <laughs> like, yeah, all of a sudden, if basically. you were some rando who you just didn't like, you could mm-hmm. accuse that person of witchcraft because mm-hmm. who's going to prove it? Like, who's going right, to prove exactly. otherwise? Unless you're know. illiterate. They can't read. <laughs> yeah, you have to be illiterate like some right. other. So when you actually read The Hammer of Witches, you'll be right. like, huh, this doesn't yeah. seem like the same rule set as all right. these people who got burned. Well, that's uh, what's or crazy. Yeah. Or yeah. When you read The Hammer of the Witches, I read it, left it alone for a long time, came back to it, and I was like, what the fuck? This is German folk magic. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm not going to tell people, oh, yeah, if you want to figure out how to be a German folk practitioner, just follow The Hammer of Witches line by line. This is a, this is a great example. Like, don't do that. But it does give you an idea of the type of things that were practiced in this Alpine region. And again, the, you had the North Italians who were worshiping Diana and that and her lore began to conglomerate and kind of mix with the lore of Hulda. So Hulda was a goddess um, yeah. that was mentioned by the Buthred of Worms in the Corrector, 
no. What the hell was that thing called? No, maybe it was the correct it. But he mentioned, um, oh my god, hold on. I just realized something. I'm getting I'm getting the hammer of witches confused when I say that the document that goes and talks about practices that seem like German folk magic. It's not the hammer of witches. I'm thinking of the thing from the Beaker of Worms. So reverse that. So sorry. But <sighs> the corrector by the Beaker of Worms, that document lists a lot of things that are incredibly, incredibly similar to a lot of practices that are in German folk magic. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that's mentioned is Hulda, who was this, quote, witch goddess. And so this goddess long story short there's a whole semantics that would be an entirely different conversation but this goddess lived on in folklore as frau hola and so she's um this folkloric figure reminiscent of an ancient pagan goddess and in um the 1100s diana and hola were often compared and they were often listed as like the lady of animals, um, goddess of witches. Mm-hmm. And they weren't exactly the same, but they do have a lot of similarities. And so, um, and in fact, then she shares a lot more similarities with the figure Frau Berta, who mm-hmm. is sort of, for lack of a better term, the Southern version of Holda. But, I was looking at, I'm, I'm using wikipedia um i was looking at frau perta frau perta Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, uh mm -hmm. very this one is talking about her as an epiphany yeah into krampus Mm -hmm. that's also very similar to bufana which is the italian epiphany witch yes so i'm like huh all of these things have kind of trickled down even to Mm -hmm. southern italy because that's where i'm from and i'm like "Mm, you gotta have a conversation but that goes to show how much synchronization and region matter and how much region can affect it right and for me i get so passionate about folklore because i hate i hate when people discuss folklore as this like oh people just pull the shit out of their ass and they just started telling everybody it's hilarious no like there's so much so much good stuff in folklore because bufana is i feel like the folkloric remnant of Diana in a lot of ways. Just as, you know, for me, I get passionate about this because this is very pertinent in German folk magic. Frau Hola is this folkloric remnant of an ancient Germanic goddess. And so if we shit on folklore, we're going to miss all that nuance and we're going to miss all these signs and these cues that have been just staring at us right in the face. Yeah, I can go. It makes me happy to hear other people being really happy about folklore and really uh, passionate because I'm sitting here just like, yeah, that. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. I was like, I can't, I can't really, I can't really like, I get, I probably get really annoying talking about it because it's just like, I want to be chill, Dang. I want to be relaxed, I want to be able to just you know be fun and lighthearted, but I can't do it. I'm, it's it's too good. I'm too serious about it. I need everybody to know I'm not chill about this. Like I need, I need people to know. And Immediately like, know I'm not chill. <laughs> yeah. I'm not. I was going to say, we covered a lot of the topics that are mm-hmm. in our outline. Were there mm-hmm. any final thoughts or anything else you wanted to add or talk about? Yeah. Um. So like some like, like how to get into German folk magic yeah, maybe? That'd be um, great. So I, a lot, people ask me this a lot, Um. like a lot, a lot. 
on like, oh, I want to get into it. What do I do? I'm like, there's really no short answer and there's definitely no way I can present it on TikTok, particularly because I'm going to get a thousand comments of like, what? I need you to hold my hand. And I'm not, I'm just not going to do that. But I can present some information, you know, that just kind of help you get people get started, I guess. So again, like you don't need, you do not need ancestry from Germany. I don't give a shit who tells you that you do, you don't. So if you connect with it, that's cool. I may not fully understand why you wouldn't connect with it because there's a lot of bullshit in German history that, man, if you don't have ancestry, I wouldn't want, I, I wouldn't touch it with a 10 foot pole. But if you want to, that's amazing. So like, if you do want to get into it, ancestry or not, I think that the best way to start with it is to read folklore and to start getting really acquainted with various German fairy tales like like Grimm's fairy tales, horrible, horrifying stories to tell children. I don't recommend that aspect of it. Build a religion around it, maybe, you know? So Look. the reason <laughs> Grimm fairy tales are so bad is because they were not fairy tale folk. No. They were antiquarians. They yes. were the ones who went, collected old time stories, and <laughs> yes. they simply yes. put them into a yes. book. Yes. And then there's actually another woman who uh, is like the mother of all fairy tales. Uh, yeah. When she started telling fairy tales, the Grimm brothers were like, can we make this so children can read it? Yeah. Uh, and there's a couple no. of them like, mm, <laughs> I don't, you know, first time I picked it up, I was like, this is for kids. This is horrible. This is, te- this is, this is terrifying. But I mean, it is what it is. Um, I mean, I guess I did kind of like it as a kid, but maybe that's not a good thing for me. Maybe that says something, but you know, so like, like in Grimm's fairy tales, what is the story? It's the juniper something. The name is just, it's slipping my brain right now. But like, if you really dissect it and you dissect the story, what it's telling you is that this boy who got, who got murdered by his stepmother um, and he reincarnated essentially. So it's like, there's just so many themes of ancient, frankly, pagan beliefs and even old folk beliefs that stayed in current culture because these stories were not recorded back in, you know, the 1200s. They were recorded in more, not very recent past, but, you know, more recent past. And so it's like these themes have lived on time and time. And so you're, they are insights into the various folk beliefs that people held. And so I think that kind of looking at things with a new perspective can really tell you like what they're actually talking about and so i think that if you're you know and if you're gonna do this and you're gonna venture in it into venture into it excuse me i think it's easier to pick a region in germany because german folk magic and folklore and folk religion is so different area to area i think it's best to just pick a region ideally pick like south or north um I've got family in both and it's fucking, it's, it's awful. It's confusing because they're so different. So I'm constantly just like flipping between like, yeah, Catholic saints and like, and then I've got fucking Martin Luther on the other side and it's just a hot mess, you know? So you got to decide. Um, and if you don't want to, welcome. It's a mess. Good, join me, I guess. But kind of pick the region and then study the folklore from that region, study the various practices from that region. Like in North Germany, you're going to see a lot of weather magic, like a lot of weather magic. They were very, very particularly concerned with lightning, you know, but I guess that's because... Probably super rainy up there. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes. Well, sometimes I wonder too, because like, okay, so the Nordic or the Scandinavians call him Thor, but in continental Germany, we call him Donar. D-O-N-A-R. Um, 
And so he was a very popular god, very, very popular. And so I wonder if then, you know, it had something to do with like, it's kind of like chicken or the egg. Did people, were people afraid of lightning and doing weather magic? And that's why they venerated him? Or was it like vice versa? I don't know. But anyways, so North Germany, you see a lot of weather magic versus South Germany. It's a little bit more agricultural. So you start to see a little bit more related to like milk and butter. <laughs> like very weird stuff that I feel like. Fucking milk yeah, so that's oh, funny what? i was doing some uh proto-germanic uh yeah. research for mm-hmm. somebody yeah. and yeah cattle is this whole thing yeah it's it's yeah. been this way for we like love, yeah people think we like potatoes fuck potatoes dude it's all about the cows <laughs> i mean so like there's like this whole document i have about like all these superstitions related to milk and butter churning and about how they really did think that witches were going to steal the prosperity from your butter. They were going to impact your butter churning. There's a thing in Italian folk magic that we talked about that yeah. someone can use the evil eye to steal someone's breast milk. Yeah, we had that, yeah. but it was cow milk. But I'm sure we probably had something similar. But it's like, yeah, yeah milk. And it's funny because when you think about it, you have to start thinking about to like what was pertinent in the time that these folk practices were alive and well. They didn't fucking, they didn't have TikTok, thank God. They had other things. They had cows, they had crops, they had shit, other shit that they cared about. And so we have to be able to assess why was this important? Well, I guess really start with what was important and then why, and then figure out how do you translate that in modern day? Like I literally have a barter turner and I don't show it to anybody because they could give it evil eye. So I do have these like weird little things that, yeah, that was, maybe not as like modern applicable, but I, I still do it because it's cool. But I also think about like, okay, how does that translate in modern day where it's like, if you have something that's precious to you, maybe keep it private. Maybe you don't feel like you have to share it with the world or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like just try and take these little lessons and look at you learning like a folklorist. I'm so (laughs) proud of you. I was gonna say, don't share projects you're working on don't care how much money you make yeah any yeah. of this stuff that kind of was taught to yeah. me felt yeah, exactly out folk magic isn't that funny because it, and you see this it might have been about different things but the theme of it, it the why is still there milk, but right yeah. now it's about my job it's how much money i make is someone can yeah. be jealous and put an evil eye on it exactly yeah. exactly and lord knows that people get really fussy about people and what they do with their lives it's crazy i Whatever. That's that's um, a, that's an episode for another day, right? Yeah, that's a whole jealousy, jealousy, uh, <laughs> a jealousy episode. Let's go. Yeah. Seven deadly Call sins. It. Let's go. Yeah. Um. Thank you so much for having for coming on. Yeah. Uh, where can we find you? Okay, so on TikTok, I am a hearth witch, mm-hmm. and that is because Holda was technically like goddess of the hearth. Um, so as Frau Berta, um, again, very big on like home matters and like matrilineal things, but whatever. So that's the reasoning for that. And then, oh God, I guess you can follow me on Twitter, but frankly, it's just shit posting. Um, unless you have Twitter Twitter circles and are in the Twitter circle, nothing Mm -hmm. of consequence will happen. Otherwise it'll be the most entertaining thing you'll ever see. (laughs) I enjoy get the shit hearths. 
Twitter circles. <laughs> oh god. It is a hold a witch. So that is A H O L D A witch. Okay. So perfect. That's me. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us today. Absolutely. Very happy to talk to people about German folk magic and getting excited and realizing you don't have to just be fucking white. You can have some cool shit in your life and some cool <laughs> cultural stuff. You don't have to be giving in to this horrible white supremacist bullshit. Yeah. Get some culture. Yay. You um, know? Honor your ancestors. If that's your fucking shit, that, just go for it, you know? Get moo cows. Get moo yeah. cows. Get a get butter churner. I'll be honest with you, home churned butter is better than store-bought butter. So like, it's that. a win-win. It, there's no downside. Oh my God. Well, tidbit of the day, <laughs> buy a butter churner, make your own butter. <laughs> I know that that's like the reasonable thing. Um, yeah. All I got out of this is I want a baby cow. Mm. <laughs> no, really. Oh my God. There's actually, there's this, um, there's this Alpine, Alp, Alpine, sorry. Couldn't say that for a second. Um, ceremony, particularly in Bavaria, where they literally will like take their cows and put these adorable like adornments on them, a bunch of flowers. And it's very rooted in like old pagan stuff. They'll put mirrors on them to ward off evil eye. It's a whole thing. I'll send you the name of it. I don't have it off the top of my head, but it's like this whole cow ceremony. And it's pretty much the cutest thing you're ever going to see. Ready? Well, it's amazing. We're going to spend the rest of our day looking at that. Thank you, Hart. Absolutely. You're very um, welcome. Please do it. <laughs> that is all we have for you guys today. Thank you so much for listening. I am Chaotic Witchant. And I'm Matt Hatter Plays. Oh, and I'm Hart. <laughs> and we'll talk to you guys next week. 